This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. Hi, everyone. Shelby Joe Long here with the Strategic Advisor Board. And I have the opportunity to work in this podcast to talk to genius entrepreneurs that have transformed their expertise into an income stream. And today is no exception. Eddie Rodriguez, who was at the Franchise Taylor Group, is one of those serial entrepreneurs with such an interesting background that he can help inspire you to start thinking about your entrepreneurial journey a little bit differently and maybe how you can use your genius to craft that journey. So Eddie, welcome to the podcast. I'm really happy that you're here today. Thank you, Shelby. Happy to be here. Yeah. Can you start by just telling us a little bit about your business? Sure. My business currently is called The Franchise Taylor. I'm partnered and affiliated with a very large group in America called IFPG, International Franchise Professionals Group. Um, In a nutshell, what I do as a certified franchise expert consultant is, A, I help educate people that want to consider business ownership and perhaps franchise ownership as their next step in their professional life. Or maybe they're sick of being in corporate America. They want to be the boss now. um, And they want to explore options. Franchise ownership is a great option. I have created and built multiple businesses in my lifetime. I started my career in the apparel and the fashion industry. And um, built my own menswear brand that was sold globally for many years. And then I learned a lot about the franchise industry, quite honestly, serving out a non-compete after I had sold my business. Sure. And simultaneously, a lot of dear friends of mine that were senior executives, C-level executives, very successful. But you know what? Either they had gotten let go or the company had merged and downsized. So they were out there thinking, I have the best resume on earth. I'm going to get a job tomorrow. Multiple offers wasn't happening because a little thing called age discrimination started to rear its ugly head at around age 45. So, but they weren't natural entrepreneurs. They might have dreamed about owning their own business, but they didn't know what that looked like. What do I do? They're used to working in a corporate entity with support. So I found franchise ownership to be compelling because, A, they're already established businesses. They're validated. There's other owners. Um, There are people doing well in the system. And so when you invest in a franchise business, Um, you don't reinvent the wheel. It's already been created and perfected. So what ends up happening is you invest kind of in a partnership and that comes with intellectual property, Mm -hmm. support, technology, marketing, operations, uh, and otherwise. You go back to your home and you have a, a, a business that's yours in your market. So I often like to say you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. But uh, it's become a, as hokey as this may sound, at this stage of my life, I really enjoy people finding their best next life. And and franchise ownership is a, a viable option for people that just want to build equity 
want financial independence and freedom, want to take off on Friday afternoons to go see their daughter play lacrosse and then their son play soccer, or want to take a long weekend vacation with their spouse and not have to worry that the boss is going to say, no, we're too busy. So um, so that's what I do now after a long career in the fashion industry. Well, I want to hear more about the fashion industry. That sounds very, <laughs> very entertaining to me. But I, the thing about the franchise ownership that I, I would guess is so appealing is that as a serial entrepreneur, you understand how the challenges of being an entrepreneur and how how challenging that is for someone that has been in corporate America or been in, you know, in my case, I've been in academia for 17 years and it's very safe. It's very comfortable. It's it's constant paycheck. But then you walk into this very fearful market economy that might buy your product or might not. And the security of the franchise ownership is is pretty attractive. So it's a it is a step in entrepreneurship without the fears that might be associated with it. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, what I find most compelling about it is this is pre-pandemic numbers. Um, only 17, 1-7% of startup businesses. Let's say you and I come up with some great new idea to open up a new business in our market. Only about 17% of those are still open two years later. Right. Franchise businesses that open today, over 80% of them are still in business 10 years plus. It's not rocket science. It's because those businesses have already been created, perfected, established. It comes with a template for success. Right. And those people that exist and is known and all of yeah. this. Yeah. If people follow their systems and protocols, their chances of succeeding are far greater. So, um, and then because it's not a job, people that apply for a job, a job, whether it's in academia or otherwise, is available in Bozeman, Montana, or where I live in Miami, Florida, but maybe not available to someone in Atlanta or someone that wants to move somewhere. If you're interested in exploring franchise ownership, there's territory all over the country you can open up that franchise wherever you choose to. So there are a lot of nuances to the franchise industry. And the funny thing, I I bring an authentic voice to it because I have been an entrepreneur for years. I know what it's like to build a business. I've built three very successful ones, including the one that I currently own. And um, one of the things that I do as a coach is to try to get people to stay focused on why? Why are you doing this? Right. You'd be surprised how, ma- how many people start exploring business ownership without asking themselves in the mirror, why am I doing this? And and mm-hmm. for what reason? What is my end game here? So it's, um, it's, it's a wonderfully rewarding business that I'm in right now because I, I get lots of Handwritten notes. No one does handwritten notes anymore from people that I place in new opportunities where they channel their passion, not necessarily their resume into a new business. And, uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, all of us just want to be happy and make a few bucks. So it's true and support, support the life that we, that we want and being your own bosses is, is pretty attractive. Yeah, I like to say living life on your own terms. And and I 
I started my first business when I was 31. That was a long time ago, as you can see from the gray hairs on my head. Um, that long ago. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. Um, I never looked back. You know, I like being in charge of my own destiny. Um, I like, you know, if I work hard, I want to keep all the money, not share it, you know, with other right. people. And um, so it's been an exciting transition from my life in, in the fashion arena to, to, to what I do now. I've helped people in the fashion business um, that want to explore other options in what I do now. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Were you, when you decided to step into entrepreneurship, build your own business, take those risks, because it's, it's risky, as you just pointed out, 17% of uh, businesses that started post-pandemic are still alive today. So it's a, it's a, there's a risk to that. Did you have some influence? Are you surrounded by entrepreneurs in your family? Was there a, something that just inspired you to step into the unknown world of entrepreneurship? Well, I, I'm going to say my, my my dad, who passed away a couple of years ago, my dad was a uh, immigrant story, came here from Cuba in the first wave when Castro took power in Cuba, worked three jobs when he got here, uh, fell madly in love with America. And he was as American as apple pie and not too long and would not allow anyone to criticize America for any reason. And eventually he got tired of it and, and, and literally did anything and everything to start his own little auto parts store with a partner. So he was a brave entrepreneur and we didn't have money. So he was really risking it all. Sure. And uh, what I learned from him is it's not just the idea that you put behind a new startup business. It's the passion and commitment that you bring to it. So when I talk to young entrepreneurs or people that are considering franchises, for example, that want to stay in their own lane or have a perception of what they want to do, I always tell them, slow down, look hard in the mirror. What do you think is going to make you happy? Because at the end of the day, no matter what you do, you can do all your numbers crunching and, and, and ROI analysis. What truly matters is when you go to bed at night and you close your eyes, if you're really excited about waking up to go build your business, that's about nine-tenths of the game. Um, so, so what I learned from my dad is he loved his little outer parts business that then became bigger and bigger. And he worked 12 to 14 hours a day, but he loved it. He taught me a lot about integrity and customer service and, 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 and perseverance more than anything else. Sure. You know, you, you hit a wall, just stand right back up and keep at it. Learn from your mistakes. Um, failure is really a, a, a funny word. And he used to have uh, a lot of little sayings about failure. But the one I love the most is he used to say, hey, fail, F-A-I-L. It means first attempt in learning. That's what it stands for. So don't allow yourself to think that you're failing. You're just learning. Um, so my dad was probably my biggest inspiration when I started my first fashion business. And I did not have any money. So... I applied for every credit card on earth that would give me one and I borrowed money and I did whatever and uh, built a successful first business that turned into a bigger successful second business. And I surrounded myself with a lot of people that were smarter than me. I always tell people, surround yourself 
what's smarter than you people. Don't let your ego get in the way and try to pick up nuggets of wisdom from all of them um, that you can, you know, bring to whatever endeavor you do. So I bring that advice to people that are starting franchises too, because some of them get a little too comfortable. Well, the franchise will support me. All I have to do is go home and flip the light switch and boom, I'm going to make a million dollars year one. Uh-uh. Not the case. Right. Not at all. So long-winded answer to your question, but my dad gets the biggest kudos on who was my inspiration. What an amazing story. What I love that story. And I love I love so many pieces of that. Just embracing the American dream. So happy to be here, creating his own life, creating his own freedom. All of those things are so fun. And I love the the fail, <laughs> the first attempt at learning. I might have to steal that. I love that. <laughs> you can have it. That's a piece of advice that all entrepreneurs need to hear. That's really, I love all that. That's so incredible. And it's, you had a very powerful, powerful role model in entrepreneurship. I think that's amazing. The other thing that sticks out to me about what you were talking about was the surrounding yourself by, surrounding yourself by mentors that are that are where you want to be or people that are smarter than you right that know all these things and then that is such a such an amazing influence on i i have the same similar feeling in entrepreneurship i transitioned from teaching in at the college into entrepreneurship where i i didn't really know what i was doing but then when i surrounded myself with some successful business owners and I learn from them and I could take my expertise and put it into a, into a, a business model that made sense, but I needed that surrounding of those entrepreneurs, those successful entrepreneurs to be able to do that. I think that's such, both of those things are so important for entrepreneurship. I think oftentimes people allow their egos to get into the way and it's foolish and, right. and I often tell people to, when you start a business, absorb like a sponge um, as much information as you possibly can from people more experienced than you are, smarter than you are, and, and apply all those learning lessons to your life and to your business. But it's funny. I've, I've come across, you know, at this stage of my life, many people that just their egos get in the way. They want to be the smartest one, you know, and uh, I not smart. <laughs> yeah, not smart to do that, <laughs> to be, got to be humble and always learning because our, the world just, the pandemic, if that taught us any lesson, it taught us many lessons, but if that taught us anything, it's that it, you can, the world can throw you a curveball and you have to figure out how to adjust to it. Otherwise you're going to shut down. Yeah. I think that yeah. is, I think then that can happen at any time. So yeah, fun. Well, uh, I am really have really enjoyed hearing your story today. Eddie, where can we find, where can our audience find information about the franchise system that you're in and the, and the business here? We'll be yeah, the- in all the show notes. Yeah, the the best way is my website. It's very informational and user-friendly, which is www.thefranchisetailor. Taylor, like someone that tailors your jacket. I use the word for my fashion background. So thefranchisetailor.com. It's what I do. I tailor my service 
to hopefully find somebody that best next life and franchise ownership. But the website would be the best. People can find me on LinkedIn, you know, under Eddie Rodriguez, the franchise tailor. Um, and and that's that's really the best place to find me. Well, that's great. You have inspired me. And I, I am also inspired how you stepped into this, this coaching service to help others discover their next dream. I think that's a that's it's part of the giving back to the whole idea of entrepreneurship. And I, I respect that. So, well, you've done the same. You went from academia to entrepreneurship. And I, I think I always commend people that are unafraid to reinvent themselves and to really understand, okay, well, what's next in my life? And for me, I did it old school, legal pad, wrote down what I wanted, what I didn't want. And uh, really helping people, as hokey as that sounds, kept resonating to me. How can I help people by bringing my experience in entrepreneurship? And, and then that transitioned eventually to, you know, really the franchise industry, which I find to be a very compelling industry and, and one that continues to grow exponentially. So been a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I have very much enjoyed our conversation today. Like to have it. I think you should write a book about it. That's what I think. It's pretty inspiring that you move through all these different industries and now you're helping others discover their dreams. It's pretty amazing. So we can thank talk you, about Shelby. That. Yeah. <laughs> and there have been to our listeners out there, there have been so many inspiring pieces of information in this interview today. I hope that inspires you to think about what's next in your life and how you can use your genius to inspire the audience around you. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Shelby. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Joe Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.